When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. Another away test match, another outing with a Kookaburra ball and another tough day in the field for England. New Zealand ended proceedings on 173 for three after rain called an early end to the first day in Hamilton. Tom Latham was the star of the show for New Zealand, notching his 11th hundred in test cricket after an England side with two changes from the first test. Chris Wokes in for Jack Leach and debutant Zach Crawley in for the injured Josh Butler opted to field first in seemingly helpful bowling conditions. I'm Yaz Rana and with me on the phone in Hamilton is the editor of the Wizard Almanac, Lawrence Booth. Lawrence, let's start with the team news. Josh Butler injured himself the day before the game, meaning that Zach Crawley, who averages just 31 in first-class cricket, was drafted into the team. And Ollie Pope, who's kept in just five first-class matches before today, was given the gloves. Should England have brought a reserve specialist keeper? Good question. It's one that's been uh, discussed at great length in Hamilton today, as you can imagine. I, I suppose in, in their defence, it's a two-test series, the rare for the, uh, the, the, the wicketkeeper to go down the day before the game. I mean, had, had Butler been injured, say, on the last day of the, of the first test in Mount Montgomery, they might have had time to fly Johnny Bairstow out. Um, and the other point in, in England's defence is that Ed Smith did say when the squad was selected that Pope was the reserve keeper. But I think that, that statement was made uh, in the expectation that, that he wouldn't be needed. Um, I mean, Besto was here until three days before the first test in Mount Montgomery because, of course, Joe Denley, uh, was, was un, it was unclear whether Denley would recover from his ankle injury. So, you know, it, it doesn't look good, does it, when, when a guy who's only kept wicked in, in five tests and is trying, to, in, sorry, in five first-class games and is trying to build a test career at number six is suddenly given the gloves and pushed down to seven. But that is uh, that is the way it's worked out. And, and in fact, he didn't, he didn't do anything wrong on the first day. He didn't drop any catches you barely notice them at all which is uh, which is probably the main thing you want from a wicketkeeper is Zach Crawley in your opinion the next best batsman outside of the England playing 11 who played in the first test match available to play for England uh, well he probably isn't but he's the he, he was the the next cap off this particular rank given the the, the, the squad they chose I mean you know Johnny Besto um, again uh, he keeps copying up in this conversation but he, he is the man who uh, you know 
is pushing for a recall in South Africa. I'd be surprised if he didn't uh, get that that recall. Ben Folks, of course, can't get back in the team, um, and we probably could have done with him out here. There's, there's Moeen Ali kicking around at the moment, possibly waiting for a, a recall in South Africa. So, no, I mean, Crawley probably isn't high up that list, but uh, given the circumstances, he's, he's got a chance. And, and, and he'll, he'll come in at six away from the new ball and um, a, a great chance for him to lay down a marker ahead of the, the four tests in South Africa and two in Sri Lanka. And then the other selection call today was no Jack Leach for England. England opting instead for a five-man pace attack. What do you make of that? Well, yeah, I mean, it is a five-man pace attack, but they, they went into it with the expectation that Stokes, Stokes' knee wasn't at 100%, and so it proved he bowled two overs before he flexed the knee, and they're not quite sure how that's going to, to come up. So really, they were going with four and a half bowlers, perhaps even four and a quarter uh, seamers, I should say. So it was made slightly in that expectation. The other, the other point about Hamilton is that, I mean, New Zealand isn't a good place for spinners in general. Hamilton is one of the worst place, places for spinners in New Zealand. It, it tends to swing here. So their thinking was that Root and Denley could bowl a bit of spin if needed, and, and Root's test economy rate isn't that much worse than Leach's. It's it's 3.15 to, to Leach's 2.85, so that's not, that's not a huge difference there. And, of course, Leach didn't have a great game at Mount Monganui, 253, and two days out from this game, he got absolutely destroyed in the nets by Joe Root, which... Perhaps subconsciously that influenced the captain's thinking. So it doesn't look like a balanced team. That is the problem. And of course, if England faced long spells in the field for the rest of the game, we'll say, where's a specialist spinner? But there was a logic to it, whether you agree with that or not. England opted to bowl first this morning. What do you make of that decision? Well, it seemed fair. Um, Kane Williamson said he'd have bowled first too. Uh, in New Zealand, generally speaking, captains aren't afraid to bowl first. I saw a stat. Andrew Sampson, uh, excellent statistician, tweeted that 55% of captains in New Zealand have chosen to bowl in, across history. And the next, the next highest percentage was someone like um, 32. And it, uh, I can't remember where else that was. But so New Zealand is, is the place to bowl first. Mount Monganui wasn't that place. That wasn't a typical New Zealand pitch. It was, it was flat, slow, low. Um, and Root was uh, seduced to a degree by. Um, by a sort of a bit of live grass, as he, as he described it. So it, it didn't swing as much as they thought it would. Had they had a bit more luck um, or held that catch, had Stokes not dropped Latham on 66, had uh, Taylor been given LBW to Broad uh, on 25, England would have been more in the game, as it is 173 for three looks like the kind of score that you get if you chose to bat first on a good pitch. And how do you think England bowled today? Well, not bad. Um, <laughs> not, not bad. I thought Curran was perhaps a bit too hittable. Um, he didn't quite get his line right and Latham tucked in a couple of times. I thought I thought Broad was pretty good. Um, thought he had a, a big second wicket, Taylor, that would have made it 95 for three. Archer's pace w was, was good, especially in his second spell, where he was, he was getting up towards 88, 89 miles an hour and, and would have had Latham for 66 had Stokes not dropped the catch. Um, and, and Wokes was excellent. Wokes hasn't had much practice out here, but he was told on the morning of the game that he was playing ahead of Leach after Root looked at the pitch and, and, and bowled really well. He, he got the big wicket of Kane Williamson for four, then got Taylor uh, after after lunch for 55. Um, so he, he's got, he got two big ones and, and two very close LBWs against Latham. One of them was given, then overturned, and one of them, England reviewed both of them for pitch fraction outside leg stump. So it wasn't a bad performance from England they just didn't quite get the rub of the green today they'll, they'll need all of the rub of the green I think if they're going to get back into this test thanks a lot Lawrence let's hope for better weather tomorrow fingers crossed cheers yes. I'm at the Wisden offices with Wisden's Taha Hashim Taha 
Tom Nathan was outstanding today. He looked really comfortable and confident all day. There are a couple of close LBW shouts, both just pitching outside leg stump. You can see why England tried to bowl straight to him, but more often than not, he punished them. I think from the sort of start of his innings, he just looked so set. Um, the way he was leaving the ball, um, there were some sort of tight leaves, but sometimes when you know there's those tight leaves, you know that that person sort of lined up the ball perfectly. Um, there's a, a couple of amazing leaves on length that seemed really confident. So it didn't seem like he wasn't quite sure about the length of the ball. It was very much, he knew, he trusted the bounce yeah. and the pitch and he was very comfortable leaving balls on length. Yeah. And I guess sort of, so, so many so many of the times I sort of just looked up and, and saw him and, and the ball on his pads and he just clipped it and he was just so comfortable like that. Um, he looked really comfortable in his, in his defence um, forward as well. He just... Sort of from the start of his innings, he sort of just screamed like it just seemed like he was going to go to three figures. Um, when he was sort of when um, Kumar Dharmasena raised his finger uh, with him on forty nine, you know, first first instance it looked like it was pitching outside leg, and it would have just been sort of a shame if his innings stopped there. He was sort of, he was definitely going to reach his eleventh Test century today. I'm just looking at some of his numbers. He's twenty seven years old now, and but he's forging a really quite excellent Test career. Uh, he now averages around about 45 opening the batting in an era supposedly harder to open the batting than any 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 else. Um, he averages 60 in the last three years of Test match cricket. Since the start of New Zealand's last home summer, he has scored more runs in Test cricket than anyone in the world. He's only been out eight times. Steve Smith has only been out eight times in that same period, but Latham has 175 more runs than Steve Smith. He, he really is... Excellent. I mean, <laughs> these pods are at risk of sounding very repetitive over the mm. course of the two test matches. We're just highlighting different New Zealand players who we say are underrated. But yeah. it's it's true. They're, they're, Latham in particular, I think, is it's, really excellent. It is true. It's that we don't really talk about the, these guys, I guess, because New Zealand never really sort of under the microscope. Um, but yeah, um, exceptional. I think if you look past, I think you know, we're just going to go into a sort of stats thing here. Um, but the past 12 months, I think he averages above 90, close to 100. A, a peculiar moment today. Ross Taylor has given out LBW off Stuart Broad, uh, who gave us one of the all-time great celebrity appeals. Uh, <laughs> check it out if you've not seen it already. It looked dead, and after a while, Taylor opted to review. The first replay on Hotspot seemed to show him missing the ball, and the second one on Snicko showed a spike, but one not aligned with the image of the ball passing the bat. Third umpire, Bruce Oxenford, was happy that he'd seen enough evidence to overturn the decision. Todd, do you think Oxenford was right to overturn that? Well, I think um, what sort of just seems really strange is that you see the first, his first viewing of Hotspot um, and he says there's no visible mark, then goes to RTS um, and he's happy with the fact that there's um, a spike after the ball's passed the bat. But then he goes back to Hotspot and then says there is a mark and I mean, having seen it quite a few times now, can't really see what he's seen. We've closely so, examined so, it. <laughs> yeah, we closely looked at it quite a few times and not really sure what's going on there. Simon Zool um, on commentary said that he thinks the sound picked up by Snicko was mm -hmm. Taylor scraping his back foot at the exact, pretty much exact point. But yeah, yeah I guess what confuses me more is the hotspot, the mark suddenly appearing out of nowhere. Mm. I just don't know where that mark's from. Yeah. Um, and then it also being the fact that it's been giving out, given out on field um, for that to be enough for it to be overturned mm. um, just seemed a bit odd. Um, and I mean, Stuart Broad was into his first fist pump before the thing had gone up. 
Um, so it was extra- yeah. genuinely extraordinary. No, wasn't you can imagine. I mean, it looked. It just looked plump. Yeah. You know, um, Ross Taylor probably looked like he was like, yeah, I oh, you know that's that's the end of my day. But yeah, yeah, I, I think that yeah, I think New Zealand got away with that one. To be honest, yeah. Taylor added twenty eight runs after that non after that decision was overturned. <laughs> you see your view on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We heard what Lawrence thought about the England bowling. How do you think mm. England bowled? I, I mean, I don't think they bowled badly. I think, I guess if we look at the fact that Latham's runs kept on coming through, you know, his clips through mid-wicket, mm. you could say that, yeah, they were just probably a bit too straight to him. Um, Chris Wokes in particular, I thought was really good. Mm. Um, someone who, you know, gets so much stick for, his poor overseas record. I thought he was... I guess Sam Curran was quite poor, I guess. Um, Joffre Archer sort of looked down on his pace, but then there was a mo- you know, there was a brief moment. I mean, he had um, Latham dropped by Ben Stokes' second slip. Um, and there was a brief sort of period where he was sort of cranking it up and, and it kind of looked like we're on for a, another sort of Archer special spell. Um, but that didn't really come to much. But it's interesting that he does seem to be able to just literally switch on. It was similar in the first test match where he wasn't anywhere near the top end of the speeds we saw over the summer. But there was a brief period where he was quite angry, actually. And then he bowled two or three very, very quick deliveries. And today as well, there were, there was, there were overs where he was genuinely bowling at Sam Curran pace. But then there was a little spell to Tom Latham where he was bowling high 80s, uh, low 90s I guess the, the kind of paces we, we want to see from him yeah I mean I I, I don't think England bowled, bowled poorly but I guess it just seems very poor considering that they chose to bowl you know yeah um, that's that's probably what makes it seem a lot worse You when you, when you choose to bowl first you don't expect that scoreline it looks a good pitch doesn't it yeah and, and from the start there just didn't seem to be much movement um, quite slow it kind of seemed that seemed an odd decision. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, the forecast for tomorrow doesn't look amazing. Um, if there isn't any rain, we're due to start half an hour earlier than we did today with the hope of getting 98 overs in. Um, thanks, Tar. We'll be back tomorrow for Reaction to Day 2. Thanks for listening, folks. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. And if you're feeling extra nice, please leave us a five-star review on the podcast app you're choosing. See you next time. Podcast Network.